Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach February 2015 podcast. I'm Catherine Stafford. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice here in Washington State, and I'm also a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. Today I am co-hosting again with Josh Kirsten, who is joining us from California. Josh is a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer and a behavior specialist transforming schools all over Northern California. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Catherine. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. Good to be Bye. here this morning. I can't wait Thank to talk you for joining. Thanks for joining and thanks for stepping in for Howie, who I believe is starting another wave of travel, and I think he might be stopping in at some point to say hi during the show, so that's something we can look forward to possibly. Um, before we introduce Melissa, which I'm going to do very quickly, I wanted to give you a chance, Josh, to talk about your new, I think it's a blog, talking about transforming intensity in kids, so tell me more about that. Sure, no problem. Yeah, I decided to do a blog. It's called The Virtual Behaviorist, so if you just typed in thevirtualbehaviorist.com, that's what would mm-hmm. pop up. And the reason I did it was because so many people um, ask me so often uh, for advice and for help, and I wanted to give people, um, you know, the basically how I view um, difficulty in children and, and uh, the process that I go through mentally and then the process that I take um, families, parents, teachers, um, other professionals through to figure out what's going on and how to help them. And the truth of it is, um, you know, using the ABA strategies, the crisis prevention strategies um, only gets you so far and then you deliver that through Nurtured Heart and all of a sudden you're, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it explodes into um, being really effective. So I just wanted to put that all together for people. And so I'm just doing a weekly blog. Um, It's written in a way that, professionals can access it and that um, parents can read it and understand it as well. And it's just a snippet a week so that you can practice it for that week and then get back the next week to try out the next step. So that's kind of what how I'm doing. Are you, I think that's such a fantastic thing. How how are you coming up with your topic of the week? Is it following a, a rhythm or a flow or just whatever inspires you that, that week? Yeah, well, there's quite a bit right now um, to get out there. I've only just started, so there's only really two posts up right now. Um, so there's there's going to be a process of getting out, you know, the the foundation of um, the crisis uh, cycle, mm-hmm. uh, function of behavior, and, mm-hmm. and how to deliver that through nurtured heart. And those pieces, the crisis cycle and function of behavior, ha- have so much inside of them. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I go through my week, I come again come up against things that happen in the classroom, happen with teachers, happen with parents, happen in families, and it triggers. Um, okay, I need to bring that up. That would be a good blog post for people to understand this piece of it. And so I have a list that continues to grow probably longer than will ever be finished. So I think I have plenty to write about. Never say never because I know it will absolutely happen once the list is started. Is there a way we can share that? Is it something we can share on Facebook or put it out into the world where people don't have to find it, but we can put it out to people who want to reach? What do you mean by that? So do we, can I pull it up somehow and then, like, link it to my Facebook account or things where I can kind of put it out there on your behalf? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I have, well, I have a Facebook page that's called the same thing, The Virtual Behaviorist. Perfect. So, Perfect. Um, Perfect. that can just be shared. 
Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I think that's a fantastic tool to get the message out there, and you are such an expert at it. Okay. We have the extreme honor today of spending some time with Melissa Lowenstein. Um, Melissa Lowenstein, formerly Block, is the author and editor who has collaborated with Howard, Howard Glasser, Howie, on seven books about the Nurtured Heart Approach. She is also a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, a facilitator and grant writer for the AHA Attitude, Harmony, and Achievement Program for Teens, which brings social-emotional learning to 3,500 youth each year in Southern California. I thought it was Northern California, so that could be wrong. A parent and step-parent, um, she has been over the years a yoga teacher, a contemporary dancer and choreographer, a visual artist, a theater director and actor, an enthusiastic participant in personal growth groups and workshops. She lives in Santa Barbara. She's um, partnering with her partner, William Swan, in raising two of her own school-age children and Will's teen son. She loves to read, write in her journal, watch great films, and spend time outdoors near bodies of water and very large trees. Good morning, Melissa. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> you know, I read it as it's read. That is a delightful uh, introduction. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, I'm honored to have been asked. Thank you. So, Melissa, when I think about your name, you are a fixture within the Nurture Heart Approach community. Your name is some, someone that we all know. But I was thinking about you this morning and preparing for this and realizing that I don't know your story. I know that you've written all these books with Howie and been his editor and his voice in the, um, the writing of the works. But if you could take us back, kind of, you know, back in your story ways, as however far you want to go to kind of how this all began for you. I would love that. Oh, gosh, okay. Um, how far back do we want to go? Uh, let's see. I... Um, you know, I grew up always loving the arts, being passionate about the arts and dreaming of being an artist. And um, what really drew me in most was performing arts, but I also always wrote, um, you know, poetry and stories. And um, and I also was interested in visual arts and would paint and draw and stuff. My mom was a was an illustrator. It, she's, she's not, she's still with us, but she's no longer an illustrator. Mm-hmm. But that was what she did for her work. So we were always surrounded by art supplies and got into that too. Um, and so that was always sort of my foundation and my background and the thing that, that lit me up the most. Um, and then I, you know, went through college and I was a theater major and a dance minor and I did that. And then I got out of college and I realized that I actually might have to make a living doing something. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that hadn't really occurred to me before that time and, um, not sure why. So then I went back to school and, and got a more practical education in a in a, in a different field, exercise physiology, where mm. I was also really passionate about the body um, and thought I would be able to just get that foundation under me and then work maybe as a trainer, you know, as a personal trainer working with people's mm. bodies. Um, so I earned that, and then I'm in my early 20s, and I go out into the world and I become a trainer, and I don't like that either, don't really like that very much. It's it didn't really suit me. And so mm-hmm. I was in the gym one day working with a client and not loving it. And this client happened to be somebody who had just helped a doctor write a best-selling book. Hmm. And she was a journalist, a Yale-educated journalist um, with many years of experience. And in the process of talking, she said, you know, um, if you're really into writing, which I had told her I was, um, I need some help because I'm getting all this work and I can't do all of it. Do you want to help me write some books. And I said, okay. <laughs> so that's how I started doing the co-authoring writing work that I wow. that I still do with Howie. And um, she mentored me. Her name is Virginia Hopkins, and she's um, she was a wonderful mentor to me. 
um, really supported and helped me and, and brought me lots of work over the years. So I was able to quit everything else and just do that. Um, and then I started having kids. And um, I think around the time that, uh, see, I had my one, my daughter was little, and I may have been pregnant with my son. I can't even remember now when it when it actually happened that I was hooked up with Howie. But um, I was at a, at a point where I needed I needed work, and I mm-hmm. had signed up with this ghostwriting contractor, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of a strange situation. But it turned out that Howie had been looking for someone to help him with his next book too, and had signed on with the same guy. And because I had a background doing health and medical stuff, this was when Howie was wanting to write his book about Ritalin. Mm. And um, so it turned out to be a good fit with me because I had written, been writing about health and medical stuff for, for years already. So um, we got hooked up and we worked on that first book. We didn't meet each other, I think, until we were into our third book together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we did that one, and then I think we did All Ch- Children Flourishing. And then... Um, we finally met, and you know we've we've been really dear friends. He's one of my dearest friends in the whole world. Um, ever since then, and I, I you know, like mm-hmm. I'm losing track of the years. I should have looked it up or something before I got on this call, but um, I know that it's been at least ten years of working together, and um, book after book after book, and and then I became a trainer, and it's been it's one of those things where you have this recognition where. I have stumbled into something that has transformed my life and has mm-hmm. transformed my ability to parent and transformed like I don't know how my life would have gone if I hadn't stumbled into this relationship with Howie mm-hmm. and done this work and learned this approach because I got I got my teeth into it when my children were very small and I wouldn't have done that I don't think otherwise I don't know that I would have even discovered it. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. Melissa, when you were first writing the um, books with Howie, were you digesting the information as you were authoring it and going, what is this and what's going on, and or, or what was that like for you? Well, you know, it was it, it was really good to work on the Ritalin book first because I had done a good amount of investigating of psychiatry and possibly some of the mistakes that it was making um, in over-diagnosing and over-treating, over-medically treating people who really didn't have anything wrong with them. Um, right. And that was a passionate area for me. So that was a great touchstone for me to, to come into it, to talk about that. And then in that book, it was more about, okay, so this is why Ritalin is a really bad idea. Yeah. And this is an alternative. Mm-hmm. And so that was really digestible to me. Um, gotcha. That was a really good way for me to discover it. And, you know, I'm not a person who digs approaches. You know, I'm very, like, mm-hmm. free-thinking, kind of intuitive person. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a while. It took a while for me to really sign on to it all the way. But but really what happened was, you know, you get the first stand going, you get the second stand going, and you're like, oh, this is actually kind of magical. Mm-hmm. And, and, there, and there was a part of it for me that felt intuitively right. Like, I've always been, I, I was thinking about this the other day, about um, I was in college and I had this boyfriend who was, um, you know, he was, he was, he had his strengths and he was not really a guy that people thought was right for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting with my friend and talking about him and just going off about how wonderful he was. 
and she she just looked at me and she said, Melissa, you are endowing him with all these qualities that he doesn't really have. <laughs> and and you know, I look back and I think, wait a minute, no, he had all those qualities. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe he had some other qualities that didn't work for me or for people who cared about me. Sure. And I was able to see the brilliance that he carried, and I've always intuitively done that. Mm-hmm. It gets part of who I am. And so Nurtured Heart Approach felt very easy for me. There was, you know, to, 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 and to drop the negativity and the sarcasm and all that other stuff <laughs> was just a relief. I bet. You know, like, oh, okay, I have permission to do that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, so that was a long story. But that that pretty much brings us up to um, up to up to the present, where it's just so integrated into my whole approach to my life. Um, like I, I was working on a blog post the other day. I was trying to write this blog post. I'm really identifying with you um, about um, having so many posts in yeah, me, yeah. right? So you've got your whole queue. queue, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had this one that I wanted to write about about my partner who I've been with now for about a year and um I was going to write you know like a nurtured heart glowing mm-hmm. exposé about my partner and then talk about how why don't we do this why doesn't everybody do this you know right and um and one of the struggles I had was you know this is coming from my heart this is so intrinsically how I am with with him and with people and yet I felt like I couldn't write it without attributing Nurtured heart approach, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like it felt so, <laughs> yeah. but it felt so yeah. personal that I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was an interesting conundrum, and I never quite really got all the way done with it. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't work it out. Well, I like to hear that it's so ingrained that you can't even separate it out from who you are. That's right. kind of how I feel myself. How about you, Catherine? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think we get tripped up by that word approach, and I think that makes people yeah. either shudder or get you know get tripped up by it. And I think you've outlined so beautifully well how it's just a philosophy of how we walk, you know, our time on this planet and how we live in relationship with people and how we use our energy. And how can you separate that out of yourself once you've learned the truth of what that feels like to be in that space? Yeah, so I've always thought the word approach kind of sells it short. I don't really mm-hmm. think of it as an approach either. I think it's just a way of being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so too, and that's that's I think one of the things that's hard to convey to people when you're talking about it. Like yeah. it, it's almost like you have to just live it and let them see it, and let right. them start asking you questions. I agree, and you know it's interesting, Melissa, talking to you because um, you being an author, it's almost I find this a lot that uh, our language is is restricting, and our words, um, especially mm-hmm. the English language, seems like our words are so restricting in in their meaning. Um, and that's probably part of the problem that we're coming across with the name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how often do you, do you struggle with that language when you're trying to, um, you know, co-author with Howie and and find the right way to to metaphor something? That's such an interesting question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, the nurtured heart approach for me is so easy to write about because, cool. in a way, it's really it really is about a mode of communication and mm-hmm. it is really all about words at, mm-hmm. at its surface. Like you can, you can learn the principles and you can do it, 
without even, you know, even if you don't feel it, you can do it. And I know I've had days mm-hmm. where I'm like, I do not feel this at all. <laughs> <laughs> but but I can still, you know, as long as I hang on to those principles, I can still, I can still at least, well, what ends up happening is I pull myself around using the right, words. Right, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, what's that neuro-linguistic programming is what I was mm-hmm. thinking of. That's kind of similar, I guess. Although I don't know much about neuro-linguistic programming. Um, I have to out myself on that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not answering your question. I think I just went off on a tangent. Um, so I don't, I, I don't tend to struggle with the words when I'm, when I'm writing about it. Sometimes in so, real life I struggle a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like it taps into your artistic side, maybe, and you're able to self-express while you're writing about Nurture Heart Approach. Yeah, and having having done so many books now um, mm-hmm. and written about it so much, it's mm-hmm. it's like I have other projects that are so much more challenging because, um, well, for whatever reason, and then I come back to this, and it's like you know, getting in your nice warm bed. It's just it's right. so it's, it's so much easier. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, how so about you're writing the, about oh, go, sorry. It's finished. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think we're asking okay. the same question, Catherine. Yeah, great question. <laughs> go ahead. I'm ready. You and Howie are firing up a new one here. Yeah. yeah. That's a new the book. one we want to hear about. It's a new book. Yes. A new book. Um, Igniting Greatness. And uh, it's a book about what to me is really at the core of Nurtured Heart Approach, which is that it's not about changing the child. It's about changing yourself. Mm. So um, ultimately it had to come back to, all right, how does this work just within the adult, like within the person who you know, may or may not even be working with children or have a child, but how we can nurture ourselves, almost sort of mm-hmm. reparent ourselves using the Nurtured Heart Approach. And this is a, a sort of a, a second attempt at the, at the the first one was the UR Oprah book, mm-hmm. and that one you know that almost felt like a warm up for this one, um, mm-hmm. even though there are some pieces that are the same. It's almost completely different in structure and design. The book is so beautiful. Like I think of all the Nurtured Heart books, this one is just the most beautiful to look at in terms of its design and the cover mm-hmm. and how he really put so much thought and work into um, into getting it just right. And uh, even also just the, the interior of the book, it was really um, such a painstaking process and longer process than with any of the other books that we've done together. It was a year and a half, I think, of, of uh, pretty intensive work. And it's his baby, and it's really dear to his mm-hmm. heart, and he has really mm-hmm. high hopes for it. Um, just in terms of taking the reach beyond, um, you know, people who see it as an approach that adults use to change children. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's also it's it's funny. It's really personal. You know, for anybody who I don't know how much um, you know mythos there is around Howie as a as a teacher or a figure, but. Um, you know, it is a really personal glimpse into his process and how he um, continues to work with this approach and develop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been able to peek at the book, and there's quite a bit of um, transparency this time, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's not awesome. afraid to do that, which is really cool. Yeah, How close is it to completion, Melissa? Uh, it's actually just last night we sent the final tweaks to the printer. Um, so I'm not sure what the turnaround is in terms of printing. My guess is at least six weeks. Okay. Um, and then it's going to be ready. But it's officially done. It's officially done, yes. As How of last amazing. night. Yeah, congratulations. How exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you. So you're writing about this approach, you're living this approach, you're you're doing all this amazing work out in your community. Let's shift gears to that a little bit. How have you taken now this new this new clarity about who you are and how you you know how you just communicate and live with people and taken that into your world of your work? Well, I'll, I'll tell you writing. a little bit about yeah about um, the organization that I work for in Santa Barbara. It's called Aha as you mentioned, and um, that stands for Attitude, Harmony, and Achievement. And originally it stood for Academy of Healing Arts for Teens, which is, mm. that was mm. a confusing name um, for people, but it, it actually does speak to what the organization does a little bit as well. Um, it was founded in 1999 by Jennifer Freed and Randy Friedman, who are therapists in Santa Barbara. And um, it was right after Columbine. Mm. and oh. they saw clearly a need for a program that would help prevent teens from becoming so um, disenfranchised and angry and separate that they would feel a need to bring guns to school and start mm. shooting people. Um, and it started out as a, as a summer program, and um, Jennifer and Randy created a, a really unique novel curriculum that's interactive, um, mutualistic, like, you know, it's it's never about somebody getting up in front of the kids and telling them what to do or who how they mm-hmm. should be it's it's always a cooperative effort in terms of um learning together um and the, you know it's very hard to it's very hard to um pinpoint and explain it like we jokingly around here we call it the secret sauce like it's it's really hard to understand it until you see it in action kind of like nurtured heart approach mm-hmm. um you know you can you can talk about it as a bunch of concepts but really it's only when you see it in action and you see how the teens respond that that you really get how amazing it is um sorry i'm a little hoarse i just realized my voice is gravelly um so um my work with them i started uh as a grant writer in 2011 and i remember when i first joined the team the one of the executive directors sat me down. She's like, you're going to want to be a facilitator, and I want you to know that we need you to write the grants. Okay, <laughs> So don't get any ideas. <laughs> okay, fine. And um, within a couple of years, I was doing a little bit of facilitation, working directly with the youth, and now I'm a full-fledged facilitator, and I'm still writing the grants. So I have a of lot of responsibility. Of course yeah. you are. Of course you are. So uh, I especially like working with the youth in the creative realm so that my group that I lead is called creative group. And the idea is that we try to teach social and emotional intelligence, competencies, communication skills, grit, resiliency. Um, And it's not even, I use the word teach, but it's not even really, it's more about bringing out what's already in the kid. And that's one Mm -hmm. really great um, link up with nurtured heart approach is that it's not, about 
trying to impose something on a kid. Like a kid comes in and we say, you know, you're screwing up and you need to do X, Y, and Z to do better. It's really about you have all this brilliance within you and we're just going to create a safe space where it can emerge. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and so it's it's really beautiful to see a lot of the kids that come to us because we're a by-donation program and because we get referrals from all over town um, from therapists and such and educators and, and parents who are, have kids who they don't, they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm, you know, my kid is yeah. having having problems. Um, so they'll get referred to us. And so we've got maybe, you know, 50% kids who you would, you would classify as at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they come to us and they, create a little community within the group that they're in. So that's a big part of it is we build community among those 20 or so kids that come in. And the, and the facilitator to youth ratio is very high. You know, it's one to four in the after-school program. So everybody, all the kids feel really held and, and safe and secure by, you know, with these adults who are who are really cool and who are not there to tell them what to do. I mean, even... Mm-hmm. Even when a kid shows up, you know, sometimes a kid will show up a little altered. You know, mm-hmm. they'll look in their mm-hmm. eyes and you know that mm-hmm. they maybe had done a little wake and bake that morning or something. Yeah. Um, and they'll and they'll come in and we don't make them leave. We don't, you know, we have a conversation with them. And we might bring it up in front of the whole group and say, you know, um, I noticed that you look a little like you maybe have been doing a little something before you came here that you agreed that you wouldn't do when we started out and and let other youth share how that makes them feel. You know, you don't feel as safe in a group with somebody who's on a substance. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very slow kind of a gradual process of building trust, holding each other accountable. Um, when there are rifts, there's a, a process of repair. I don't know if you're familiar with restorative approaches. Have either of mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we, and I'm sure probably listeners of this show know what that is too, um, mm-hmm. that's something that we um, we use in our groups as well. And there's also an in-school component where we, we go and we work within area schools, and that's more of a, has more of a teaching element to it because we're, we're part of a freshman program that in, in those schools that helps prepare them for the rest of high school and maybe college, cool. you know, like freshman seminar type program. So we teach things about bullying and we teach about prejudice and privilege and resiliency and um and we also help create more interknit community within the classrooms because a lot of times, you know, you go into a freshman classroom in a high school and there's people in there who would never talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what we do is we create a space where they have to talk to each other. And and it's safe because it's not like we just throw them in there. We have we sit in a in a small group and we and we help them get to know each other just with check ins and, and sharing and about the topic of the day. So that's that's briefly what AHA does. And, cool. Um, so I've always yeah. found that like to, for me it seems like nurtured heart is the way to deliver whatever you're doing. And so mm-hmm. can you tell me how you intertwine the two then? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um and the heart of I think what we're here to talk about today. Um Hey Melissa. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. Melissa. Before you go, go into that, I, I do. I think it's a brilliant question, and I'm so desperate to hear your answer. But I believe Howie's on hold, and I think that he just may have popped up. So I want to give him a chance to say hi if he's there. Oh, for sure. Howie, are you oh, on? I can't think you weren't supposed to see that. You can't uh, sneak by me, Howie. <laughs> hi, Good morning, Howie. 
I was just going to come in at the very end and surprise Melissa. Mm. Uh, so I want to hear the answer to that, too. Stole your thunder. Don't let me interrupt the flow. All right. Thank Hi, you Allie. so much for being patient. I'll, I'll say something later on. Thank you. you. Okay. You Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Okay. So. so the idea of how do you show up knowing Nurtured Heart, living Nurtured Heart, having it be the core of who you are, and you've got this beautiful, I think it sounds like an incredible program that you're delivering. And how do you weave those two? How do you, how, where'd you go? Um, okay, I just, you know, the, the the main part of it for me is living it and and working with it in every interaction that I have, especially with the youth. And it really helps guide me. Mm-hmm. Um, because things come up that are triggering, you know, that are uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me. You know, I, I know that as a parent that happens to me as well, but, you know, in a group of, of kids where there might be a behavior that tri- is triggering for me um, to really fall back on the principles that I learned from Nurtured Heart Approach in, in how I respond mm-hmm. um, it has been enormously helpful. And it, and I think what ends up happening is it, it really fast-forwards the trust between the youth and me, and also just between me and my coworkers, and and all the relationships that I have at work, are informed by you know those those stands that I learned in nurtured heart approach. Mm-hmm. So you know, like if I feel like I really want to worry a problem, I I just remember, okay, stand one, just don't, mm-hmm. how, and then go to okay, well, how can I find something positive here to to shine my attention on and to make the bigger part of this whole picture. Um, and, you know, in terms of, of using resets, um, you know, that's that's a tricky thing with teens, but it's not, you know, and it's I use it, I sneak it in there when I talk to somebody about, um, let's say they're having a meltdown or an issue, and this comes up with my daughter, too, who is the same age as the kids in AHA mm-hmm. and who has been involved tangentially already in the program, um, you know, to to have the reset be be more subtle and mm-hmm. to say, you know, hey, maybe you need to just take a reset here and, and that really reads for them even if I've never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to, to recognize, okay, I can step back from this and I can see the big picture again and I can find something to be um to be grateful for. And one of the things that AHA does is everything is okay to bring to the table. You know, if you have negative stuff going on, if your emotions are really taking you down into the dumps, whatever that is, you know, we don't ever say, here, let me shine some sunshine on that because we want to we want to let them be real and we want to let them be with whatever is going on, I, you know, in, in their worlds. And a lot of them do deal with some serious adversity in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a delicate balance for me because I my habit is just like okay I'm gonna just go ahead and jump right back to trying to find what's right with this picture, and um, that's not always the way to go mm-hmm. right away. So that's that's something I'm still exploring in terms of doing this work um, in the context of what we do in Aha. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that nurtured heart premise that idea of what's the truth of the moment, and sometimes the truth of the moment is. You know, there's a lot of junk happening in that moment, and to just sit with that and be okay in that space, and um, very much in line with nurtured heart. I love the program, and one of the words that I caught when you were introducing it um, is the idea of a curriculum. And I know many people out there are are in spaces where there's a curriculum, there's a defined. Josh, you can speak to this set of rules and parameters, 
And have you found that any complications there, you know, in terms of the fidelity of the approach and being aligned with whatever curriculum is out there that you're supposed to be following as well? Um, I know that, you know, I've, I've talked with Howie about, about it a bit, a little bit. And, you know, I think that one of the places um, that it, it would be possible for there to be a conflict in terms of ide- ideology and practice would be, um, you know, in, in really exploring, um, how do I say it? it it's, it's kind of has to do with restorative approaches where, um, you know, somebody screws up and the wrongdoing is explored and everybody talks about how it's affected them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of thing where you know it could it would be easy to go down a, a negative road and stay mm-hmm. there for longer mm-hmm. than you need to. Um, but I personally haven't really felt conflicted. I think because really I'm always holding the intention mm-hmm. of returning to the truth of the moment in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost feel like when that intention is held. Um, it, it, there's like no, you can't go too far in the other direction. Right. Does that make sense to you? Like, do you feel that? Perfect what I'm hearing you say is you're bringing clarity. You're bringing clarity to that restoration process, which is so much a part of that reset, you know, reset, restore, renew. That's that restoration piece that has to happen, and you get to decide, you know, how much energy you put into it with the goal of the outcome being success. So beautiful. Absolutely. Right. I Like, I feel, I feel this safety. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think before I really got that, there was this this fear that if I went too far down the rabbit hole, I wouldn't come back out. Mm-hmm. This is where right. I think the strength of Nurtured Heart comes in the delivery piece because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that it conflicts at all. I think if mm-hmm. restorative justice to what you're doing, then you do restorative justice and you have, you deliver it through Nurtured Heart Approach, which means you might be busting your hump trying to figure out how people feel and what the process is and then moving into what I'm going to do. And what you're really doing the entire time is you're celebrating people's effort for doing that. Mm -hmm. You're celebrating them for being honest and being open. You're celebrating the fact that we can share. You're celebrating, you know what I mean? And so you're really, you're going through that quote difficult process that could be negative. But like you said, the intention isn't, I'm going to hang you out to dry. Let's look at your dirty laundry and let's, you know, all bitch about it and we'll have a big bitch session. So, I don't think it conflicts right. at all, personally. Mm-mm. Yeah, it is. It, there's a there's a meta level of of operating that is, has been made possible by the, for me with this approach, yeah. which is that like I like I said earlier, I always have a default of knowing where I want to go back to, and it's like the safe container for for the other things that I engage in. And, and the, so that fear of, okay, I'm going to go too far into some territory where it's, I'm going to get seized by depression or grief or something like that, and it's going to take me out for a while. And I, I just, it's so amazing to, to move through life without that fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what, what this has done for me, this, this approach. And, and I still, like, every once in a while I just pinch myself, like, how mm-hmm. did I stumble <laughs> into this? <laughs> you know, because um, it, it has been incredibly helpful. And I have people in my life who, you know, they really suffer with depression and um, and a sense of just not not feeling the the central joy of of being alive. Like for whatever reason, they're missing it, 
It's not. Mm-hmm. And and more and more as I've, you know, this this approach like it's it, it becomes integrated. It becomes embodied, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's ta- that Howie talks about a good deal in the new book is about how it really does sort of get into you at a cellular level at, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really becomes a part of just how you react and respond to everything. And that's what Josh was talking about, that this is an overlay, this is a thing that you bring to whatever you do. And so then yeah. fidelity is not really an issue. It's not like yeah. there's no conflict. No, um, there can't be. <laughs> once, you, once you get to that level. Um, and it took me a while. You know, it took me a good five or six years of really working with this and chewing on it and mm-hmm. before it, before I really felt like that happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've completely lost my train of thought. I just went all <laughs> over the place just then. Um, but, I'm get, you know, I'm just getting excited about the... I love talking about this, you know? It's really... Yeah. Uh, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm hearing you saying is it just continues to evolve. I had, a, I had an intake consult last night, and I found myself saying very clearly... You know, if this is what you want, if the goal is to have, you know, me help you, quote, cure your child of this diagnosis of autism, I can't participate in that. I can, I can no longer participate in that goal. And there's these just ever-continuing levels of clarity of who we are and how we want to be in, in relationship with people. And I, I love that process. It's so exciting for me to have that, that stand, that clarity, that fearlessness about who we are. So thank you for bringing that up, too. Yeah, what did they say? Um, you know, I was just kind of how we left it. Here's what I have to offer, and you know, you need to think about what you're wanting. And and here's my position. This is what this is my direction, and I can't participate in this. And I don't think that's what they wanted, but some people do with whatever it right. is in their life, right? And I think that clarity of knowing who you are and what you will or are not willing to participate in is is integrity. It's um it's fidelity. It's all those things that we we strive to get to the place of feeling like we're there. And it's always evolving and always, you know, getting more grand as time goes on. So it is. I pinch myself every single day. So I, I agree <laughs> completely. <laughs> every single day. We are down to six minutes. So just so you know, I'm just doing a time check. Um, I'm wondering if you would be so kind, and, and, and you can feel free to say no. You post a lot about your beautiful children, and I see what an amazing mom you are. And I'm curious if you could spend some time, a few minutes, talking about how your children are um, – responding to watching you do what you do with kids their age and being out in their world? I, I, know, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. Well, it's, it's actually, okay, so <laughs> I've been really working with this stuff with my kids since they were really small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and, and by stuff I mean social and emotional awareness and self-awareness and how to communicate and, and, in a compassionate way and all that. And so, you know, there there has been a small amount of eye rolling when that stuff comes up. Like, you know, my daughter will say, "Okay, mom, does everything have to be a teaching moment?" <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, and now that my daughter is a freshman in high school, I'm actually working in her classroom. Right. Right. With aha. Right. Um, I knew that. And so we, yeah, we have her that first period that we go in there, and um, she's actually a great participant. In, in the small group, she's not in my small group, but my co-facilitator tells me that she's she's a really great in the small group and has a lot to say, and she has a lot to say in the large group discussions. And um, so I think that she's coming around from like she's seeing it, the impact on other kids. So it's not just in our house between us. It's she's mm-hmm. seeing now how how needed this is out beyond our little circle. 
mm-hmm. and how um, how much better life gets for everyone when their relationships are based on these principles that I've been, you know, beating into her since she was a very small child. <laughs> so, right. Is that a so nurtured that, heart beating you've been giving her? Yes, yeah, a nurtured heart beating. That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, right. And, um, you know, my son is 11, and his it's very interesting to to observe him because he is very naturally empathic and mm-hmm. um, intelligent. Like he's the one, he's often the voice of reason in the room when people are going off and and sort of, you know, kvetching and griping about this or complaining about each other or, or arguing. And he's usually the one who will say, um, excuse me, so you're saying this and you're saying <laughs> that. And, you know, I mean, it's very, it's actually adorable. Um and he just seems to, I, I think that he naturally does it, but I also think that he's seen it done so much. Right. Um, and they they both have been through, you know, I'm divorced from their dad. And um, that was, let's see, Sarah was 10. So, uh, you know, four years ago that whole mm-hmm. process began. And I was really committed to doing it in a way that would be as good as possible for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another, like, that's a topic, especially when I was going through it, I was like, we got to do a nurtured heart divorce book (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, because all around me, I'm in, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Right there. (laughs) So Josh, yeah. And all around me, I was seeing these just train wrecks and how badly Mm -hmm. it was impacting these children who were torn between these people who couldn't talk to each other and dragging each other repeatedly to court. And just, I was like, I'm just not going to go there. Mhm. And um you know, divorce is painful and difficult no matter what. It's like a death, you know. And my kids came through it so beautifully. And you know, like my 11 at the time 11-year-old daughter would look at me and say, "Mom, I totally understand why you're doing this and it's okay even though it mm-hmm. hurts." Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah, and and um you know, I there were times when I had to really work to um I had to be the one who was holding it all. Mhm. Um and that was that was challenging. Um but I also really felt up to the task. Be and partly because of knowing nurtured heart approach. Mhm. I mean, it 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 not only helped me be a great parent, it helped me navigate a divorce successfully. Mhm. And, um, and, you know, bringing in, having a new relationship and having a new, basically, stepchild. We're not, I, know I, I haven't married the dad of, the, of the, the kid who lives in my house now, but I'm, by all intents and purposes, I'm his stepmother now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he's got a really different kind of a background, so it's very interesting to bring him in and see how the whole mix affects him having been parented outside of the home in a, in a little bit of a different way. And, and his dad is totally on board with what I'm up to, and we have wonderful <laughs> conversations about parenting. And um, So it's, it's, it's been a great laboratory, and, um, and my, you know, my kids are fully accepting of this new boy in the house. And it's, it's just amazing what can happen when you really hold that intention of mm-hmm. – um, finding the good and appreciating it and being grateful. Everything else just kind of falls into place. Even even when the you-know-what hits the fan, mm-hmm. there's always that trust that 
eventually it's going to stop flying. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> yes, like I put that. Yeah. And, you know, and the more, you know, and I don't have to, like, grab it and toss it up in the air. I can just let it, I can let the, that settle and I can move on to the next moment of greatness. And that's that's how I want my family life to be. And I have to tell you this, my daughter the other day, um, we were driving in the car and we were talking about another, a, a friend of hers who, um, her parents, it's, you know, they don't listen to her. You know, the kid asks it tries to be heard, and the parents just kind of smack her down and don't listen. We're talking about how hard that is for the for the friend, who then turns mm-hmm. around and is not kind to other people because her parents treat her this way. Mm-hmm. And um, and and my daughter just turns to me and she's like, "Mom, I don't know what would have happened to me if I didn't have a really good parent like you, mm-hmm. who knows what to do wow. all the time." Wow. And, Greatest compliment. And, wow. I know, and and um, really, all I had to do was follow. Follow the instructions. Thanks for the instructions, Howie. That's right. I just followed the instructions. So, um, yeah. Melissa, you are such a light and such a delight, and I, I just love everything that you do, and you're just an amazing human being and woman, and I'm so glad that you're out there doing what you're doing and being the wordsmith for the approach. Thank you for that. Howie, we need to have you hop on because we are going to run out okay. of time, and you've been so patient. Well, I've been in awe of this discussion uh, from the um, for every aspect of it, especially um, the the kids part, the divorce part, and the the mediation part. You know that um, the restorative justice part that's so tricky for people um, who who get theoretically locked in. You know. Um, in, in, in another direction and and it's just beautiful to hear the grace with which you mm-hmm. uh have discussed this and approach it. It it just warms my heart. So this is beautiful. Melissa, you're just total joy to work with and and I I hope we get to have a discussion on the writing of books so we can encourage the many authors. Josh, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your book. We need that book. And Catherine, I know you're just churning them out, and, and I've just written a note to find out what's going on with our new book, Catherine. Uh, Fabulous. We're a cover away from having a beautiful new kids' book. So I'm so excited. And, uh, Great. Thank you, Melissa, for making this all happen because it wouldn't be happening without you. Oh, Howie, thank you. It's uh, it's just an, a total pleasure to be part of this movement. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right in the center of it. Yeah. Thank well, you. when I go to the trainings and see all these people that you're impacting, I'm every every time I'm just my head explodes. <laughs> like so many the, the caliber of people who show up for this. It's amazing, and so many of them come in because of their exposure to the book first, and the books wouldn't be a fraction is impactful without the impact you bring to your writing all right so true well, thank you so true thank you <clears throat> so i'm going to take this moment before we wrap up you guys to say that part of why howie's not online or, or officially here today is that you are if i'm understanding this right getting started with your west coast tour howard's going to be in anaheim la seattle chico sacramento over the over the course of the next few months presenting full day workshops People listening can register um, for the CSF website using the training tab, workshop and events, and then Howard Glasser link. 
There are also three summer certification training intensives coming up on the calendar, Sacramento in June, Minneapolis in July, and Atlantic City in August. Um, more CTIs coming up that are immersion. It's becoming the approach. It's the only way to teach the approach, and I highly recommend that for listeners who haven't done that yet. Um, Thank you so much, Catherine. You, you're an awesome host. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next month we're going to have Dorothy Darapellian on for the topic of core attachment therapy and nurtured heart approach. She's been in private practice since 86. She's developed this core attachment therapy in the early 2000s and then became an advanced trainer in 2007. <clears throat> so, excuse me, she will be on next month, and I look forward to that as well. Thank you to Josh for stepping in. Delightful as always. I look forward to checking on your blog as well and following that. Any parting thoughts, all of you amazing people? Howard, thank you for always just being the driving force behind this amazing work that I love every single day of my life. Thank you, you, Josh. Yeah, thanks. I I think, Catherine, I want to just say um, you mentioned uh, Howie's tour, and I want to tell people if you're in L.A., Seattle, Chico, Sacramento, Minneapolis, Chicago, Mm if you you're you're only going to see Howie if you go to a week-long CTI. This is an opportunity to come and see Howie in a one-day situation, and it's pretty rare. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't miss the opportunity um, if you can go. So I just wanted to plug that piece because I think it's really valuable. Um, and then just say, yay, celebrate. I love these podcasts. They're always so awesome, and I never know what to expect. And then I hang up afterwards and go, oh, my God, that was awesome. So that was appreciate all the, all the great people. And thank you to any listeners today for your commitment to learning more about the approach. We hope you've been inspired by Melissa, by Josh, by Howard. Um, We look forward to coming back next month. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Josh. All right. Bye, Melissa. Okay. Bye, bye. guys. Have a great day. Bye, Howie. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, you guys.